Holy Spirit, would you come and have your way? Come and speak to our hearts today as we hear your word, as we hear this message. Would you come and reveal more of who you are to us? And come and show us and um, teach us how much we need you for everyday life, for everything that we set our minds and our hearts to do, for everything that is about God's business, about what he wants us to do. We know that we need you and come and reveal more of that to us, that we can walk in greater reliance upon you and greater intimacy with you in Jesus' name. Fill my heart, mind, and mouth with your words, I pray now. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, it's an honor to be with you all uh, today, this morning, if you're watching it in the morning. And we are um, continuing with our series on the Holy Spirit today. Obviously, if we do a, a course on pneumatology, if we do a course on the Holy Spirit, it can be many, many um, teachings. Uh, there's so much to cover concerning the Holy Spirit. Um, but what we've done so far uh, is the first message on the Holy Spirit. We looked at the fact that the Holy Spirit is God. Um, he's God. He's part of the Trinity. He's co-equal with God. And He's uncreated. He's eternal. Um, and so that was really, that was important for us to know. And last week we looked at the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus referred to Him as a person. So contrary to what some people think, He's not some kind of cosmic influence. He's not some kind of ethereal vapor that's just kind of hanging around, floating around. Um, he's a person. Jesus referred to him as a person. So he's not an it. We don't say the Holy Spirit, you know. Um, we, you know, sometimes when we're praying, you can hear people's understanding um, coming through as they pray. He's not an it. The Holy Spirit is a person. And he's worthy of respect and honor and all these other things that God is worthy of and and so that's what we've covered so far in terms of the Holy Spirit and today we're going to look a little bit at what the Holy Spirit does so this is who is the Holy Spirit 3 in terms of the title of the the message and where it fits in the series but we're actually looking today at what the Holy Spirit does and obviously this is not exhaustive but what I'm going to do today is I'm going to look briefly at the life of Jesus when he walked this earth and just have a look and see um, how the Holy Spirit was intricately involved in his life and then use that as a basis for how the Holy Spirit is so intricately or should be so intricately involved in our lives today. And so that's what we're going to cover. Obviously, um, this is just the Holy Spirit and the life of the individual believer, uh, an individual person. Obviously, he has a lot, lot more uh, roles and responsibilities, and he's involved in the church, in, in, the, in the body of Christ. Um, but we, we limited by one message, and so I'm really wanting to look at some of the things that he does, some of his, um, uh, some of the things he does within the lives of an individual believer. And obviously this is not exhaustive either, but it gives us, it whets our appetite. Um, and as I'm going through this, I'm going to be covering a lot of scripture. And I encourage you when you are 
looking at some uh, basic doctrine, when you're looking at doctrine um, in the Bible to make sure that you check everything in Scripture for yourself. Check it in Scripture. This person is saying this. Don't just accept it. Go back to Scripture and check uh, where it is found. Is that what it was saying in the context? And so even when I share these scriptures, I hope you're going to do that as well. It's important for us to get into a habit of, of doing that. Okay, so it's going to be quite word rich and you'll find that in the notes there may be more scriptures than what I share verbally. So if you want more scriptures, go download the notes from the website. Okay, so let's begin by looking at the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of Christ when he walked this earth. And as we know, when Christ became a man, he fully functioned on the earth as a man. So he laid aside his prerogatives to act as God and to function as God. And in the same way that you and I must function, he functioned like a human. And so this is really important for us to understand because it forms a basis for my message. That's why I can say, let's look at Christ. Let's look at the Holy Spirit's role in his life when he was on the earth. And then let's extrapolate it to our lives today. And so my anchor scripture in this regard is Philippians 2 verse 5 to 8. And I'm going to read from the Amplified and it says, Let the same attitude and purpose and mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus, who although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant, in that he became like men and was born a human being. And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience to the extreme of death, even the death of the cross. So Christ was fully man when he was on this earth. Yes, he was fully God, but he was fully man. And so in that way, we can look to him as an example for ourselves. And the first thing concerning Christ that's important for us to, to um, acknowledge is that Christ was born of the Spirit. We see this in Luke 1.35. It says, And the angel answered and said to her, this is to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One, who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And so we see here that Christ, that Jesus, was born of the Spirit. And so remember these, these uh, uh, qualities or these titles that I'm giving you because we're going to look at all of them uh, in the second half of the message at, when we begin to look at ourselves as individuals. So Christ was born of the Spirit. Secondly, Christ was baptized with the Spirit. And we see this in Matthew 3, verse 16 to 17. It says, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. So it's talking about water baptism. When he'd been baptized in water, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So we see here when the spirit of God descends like a dove and alights upon him, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. So Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so that is an example for us as believers. Thirdly, Jesus was filled with the spirit. 
In Luke 4 verse 1, it says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And so Jesus needed to be filled by the Spirit. And this was directly before Jesus began his ministry. And so we see the Holy Spirit, um, fill, him being baptized in the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit. And, and when he came out of the wilderness, he came out in the power of the Spirit, ready to begin his ministry. And so we also, before we begin our ministry, having the Holy, being filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit makes such a big difference. We also need that just like Jesus needed that. And the same, the same scripture, I'm going to read it from Matthew 4 verse 1. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So he wasn't tempted by the Lord. He was tempted by the devil. But he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So Jesus was led by the Spirit. So he was baptized, born of the Spirit, baptized by, uh, by, into the Holy Spirit or by the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit and led by the Spirit. And Luke 4 verse 14 is a scripture that, that shows us that he was empowered by the Spirit as well. It says, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and news, news of him went out through all the surrounding region. So this is after he passed the, the tests, uh, being tempted by the devil. He came out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit important for us to know this. Number six, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. Um, Acts 10 verse 38 shows us this. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with, Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So Jesus needed to be anointed by the Spirit. Jesus needed the power of the Holy Spirit to function in everything God had him uh, had wanted him to function in. Um, number seven, Jesus ministered by the Spirit. This is very linked to the anointing, being anointed by the Holy Spirit. And, in, and we see this in Luke 4 verse 18 when Jesus opens the scroll and he reads from the book of, I, uh, of Isaiah and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty for the captives and recovery of, the sight, of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So Jesus ministered by the Spirit. He ministered by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Interesting that he was anointed to. That's really important. Um, the anointing is always to do the works of God. And, and the Holy Spirit is the anointing. He comes upon us that we can do the works of God that God desires for us to do. Number eight, Jesus was sealed by the Spirit. John 6 verse 27, it says, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set His seal upon Him. God the Father has set His seal upon Him. So Jesus was sealed by the Holy Spirit. And we see in 2 Corinthians um, 1 verse 21 to 22, it says, Now he establishes us with you in Christ, has anointed us, 
and has anointed us as God, who also has sealed us and given, given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. And so we know that this Holy Spirit is the one who seals us. And number nine, um, the Holy Spirit raised Jesus uh, from the dead. The Holy Spirit was the one who resurrected Christ from the dead. And we see this in Romans 8, verse 9 to 11. It says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So the spirit, the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead and that same Holy Spirit is available to us, lives in us. That's really exciting but we'll get to that just now. So Jesus was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we've seen um, in terms of Jesus that those nine points in terms of um, Jesus relied on the Holy Spirit for so much of his life, for so many things in his life. And I'm going to summarize them at the end of my message. And because of that, because we look at Christ and we see, sure, Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to function as God need God destined him to function on this earth. We can um, extrapolate it to our lives and apply the same thing. So we need the Holy Spirit to walk in the fullness of everything that God has for us on this earth. It's important for us to acknowledge that, to realize that, and to cultivate our relationship with the Holy Spirit. In many ways, uh, the Holy Spirit should be the closest relationship that we have as believers. And, you know, Christ breathes the Holy Spirit upon his disciples after his resurrection. And he says to them in John 20, 21 to 22, he says, peace to you as the father has sent me i also send you and when he had said this he breathed on them and said to them receive the holy spirit and we know that jesus said it's to the benefit of for our benefit and the benefit of the disciples that he was going to the father because he could send the holy spirit and so we need the holy spirit we really need the holy spirit and because of the Holy Spirit, I'm now going to touch on how the Holy Spirit impacts us as believers. But because of the Holy Spirit, we as believers are, number one, we born of the Spirit. You see, it's the Holy Spirit who draws the unbeliever to God. Before we were believers and in our sin and, and, and when we were unbelievers, it was the Holy Spirit who drew us to God. It wasn't an idea in our head. It wasn't somebody else's idea or someone else's great work. It was the Holy Spirit who did it. Um, 1 Corinthians 12 verse 3 says, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit who, who draws us to, uh, to God and helps us to come to a place of believing in God. And so this should frame our pray, prayers when we are praying for unbelievers. We can pray that the Holy Spirit would really uh, do a deep work in their, in their hearts and would really minister to them. It's the Holy Spirit who convicts the unbeliever of sin. John 16 verse 8 to 11. When he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of 
judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So the Holy Spirit convicts the unbeliever of sin. It's not our job to do it. It's the Holy Spirit's job to do that. Um, the Holy Spirit regenerates the spirit of a person raising him from the dead. Okay, it's the Holy Spirit who does that. John 3 verse 5 to 6 says, Jesus says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. And so we need to be born again of the Spirit in order to become children of God, and in order to have access to the promises of God, to belong to the family of God, um, in order to have our spirit regenerated and come alive. And so in that way, just as the Holy Spirit brought Jesus back to life in the same way, he brings our spirit to life. Okay, I read the scripture just now, Romans 8 verse 9 to 11, um, and I'm going to read the second portion to you right now it says but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you and so that that's really powerful the Holy Spirit gives life to our mortal bodies as well and and you know we can stand on these types of scriptures when we're standing uh, and believing for healing for health for all of these things um, for, for yeah we, we can stand we can use them in prayer as we trust God for a manifestation of this and remember and, and remembering that the same spirit that rise, raised Christ from the dead dwells in us such a powerful revelation. That power dwells in us, okay? The Holy Spirit un unites us with Christ. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17 says, But he who is joined to, joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So it's the Holy Spirit who joins us. 1 Corinthians 12 13 says, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit who unites us with Christ. And it's the Holy Spirit that indwells the spirit of the believer. Um, Romans 8 verse 9 to 11, that same scripture, it says, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Amen. Okay, and it's number two, it's the Holy Spirit that sanctifies and sets us apart and makes us holy, okay? 1 Corinthians 6 verse 11 says, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. 2 Thessalonians 2.13, it says, But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, Beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in truth. So it's the Holy Spirit that sanctifies us. 1 Peter 1 verse 2, it says, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. And there are a few other scriptures that I have there for you. Um, and you can go and have a look at those. The third one is that we as believers are renewed by the Spirit. 
in Titus 3 verse 5, it says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. And so it's important for us to remember this. These things can um, populate our praise. Holy Spirit, would you renew me? Would you renew me? Would you refresh me? Because that is part of his role. That is his ministry to us as believers. Number four, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Just like Jesus needed to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, we do too. You see, the Holy Spirit is responsible for establishing us as Christians. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is part of the Christian's foundation and part of, his, and part of the Christian's receiving power from on high. And so this is important. Jesus had to be baptized in the Spirit. And so we also need to be baptized in the Spirit. And as we, as we do so we receive the Holy Spirit with all his power. We receive power from on high in order to fulfill the works and do the things that God has, has called us to do. Acts 1 verse 4 to 5 says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which... He said, you have heard from me for John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so Jesus instructed his disciples to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so in the same way, we need to receive that instruction for ourselves. And I want to encourage you today, if you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, to speak to one of your leaders in our, in our congregations, speak to someone, um, speak to uh, um, someone that you know is a leader in your congregation and ask them for material ask me for material so you can understand it more we'll send you more scriptures and we can pray for you to be baptized in the holy spirit and this is one of the one of the outcomes of being baptized in the holy spirit we see in acts 1 verse 8 it says but you shall receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in jerusalem and all judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth and so them being witnesses to Jesus, them fulfilling what God had called them to do. They needed the power of the Holy Spirit. They needed the Holy Spirit to come upon them. And Jesus said, you will receive power when he comes upon you. And so it's important for us to receive the Holy Spirit in this way that we can be empowered to fulfill everything that God has for us. Um, Acts 10 verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him him. And so we see here that Jesus went about doing good and healing those who were oppressed by the devil, but it was the Holy Spirit who had anointed him and enabled him and, and was enabling him to do that. It was the Holy Spirit who was upon his life in power that enabled him to do those miracles to fulfill his ministry. So we need the Holy Spirit too, okay? We also need to be filled with the Spirit like Jesus was. In Ephesians 5 verse 18 to 19, it says, And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And so we encourage to be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. So yes, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I need to continue being 
filled with the Spirit from day to day. So praying prayers, Lord, Holy Spirit, please fill me up. Praying in the Holy Spirit, singing songs, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, um, being aware of His presence and continually asking Him to fill me up so that I can be filled with the Spirit. Um, Ephesians 3 verse 19 says, To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, this is not in my notes, but this, this is a freebie. When the Holy Spirit is in us, we, we, he, he works in us and we begin to produce fruit of the Spirit. And one of those fruit is love. And when we filled with the love of Christ, when we know the love of Christ, that love that passes knowledge, we can be filled with the fullness of God. We filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Number six. Just like Jesus was led by the Spirit, we too need to be led by the Spirit. The first thing for us to acknowledge is that the Holy Spirit does lead the believer. In Romans 8 verse 14 it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Are you a son of God or a daughter of God? If you say yes to me, then the Holy Spirit leads you and he wants to lead you if you'll avail yourself to him okay the holy spirit the second thing is the holy spirit guides the believer in their ministry we see this an example of this in Acts 16 verse 6 to 7 it says now when they'd gone through phrygia and the region of galatia they were forbidden by the holy spirit to preach the word in asia after they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So they were being led by the Spirit. He was saying, no, they were moving forward. And he was like, no, moving forward. And that's what I love. The Holy Spirit steers a moving ship. And so we can begin to move out in the calling of God when it's time to do so, when we know that it's time to do so. And he steers us and he leads us and he guides us in our ministry, which is awesome, you know. Um, we need to be called into service by the Holy Spirit and he calls us into service. He does. And we see an example of this in Acts 13 verse 2 to 4. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. So we see here that the Holy Spirit is very intricately involved in calling into service of various men of men and women. And so we need to be called by the Holy Spirit. We can't be self-appointed this or that or the other. We need to be called by the Spirit. And it's one thing to receive a prophetic word and know that you called into something. It's quite another thing to be commissioned into that and have that ministry on your life recognized by your local church. So it's important that we led by the Spirit even in terms of of the timing of these things, okay? Number eight, we too need to be anointed by the Spirit. Just like Jesus was anointed, we need to be anointed by the Spirit. In 1 John 2, 27, it says, But the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in in him. And so we're anointed by the Holy Spirit. And 
I have looked at it. I looked at it a little bit last week, and it's and it's something that we haven't got time to go into today. But the Holy Spirit does teach us. He's a teacher, okay? So He does teach us. He leads. He guides us into truth. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 to 22. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us as God, who has also sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. And I love this scripture from Isaiah 61, the scripture that Jesus quotes in Luke 4. And it says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me too. Preach good tidings to the poor. Send me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, etc. To console those who mourn in Zion, comfort all who mourn, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. This is the ministry of the anointing upon Jesus's life and this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit upon our lives and so as I read that maybe for some of you will pick out some of those things that I've just read that the anointing is upon our lives to do in and through us and remember I said it's important for us to remember the anointing is there for us too so it's to preach good tidings to heal brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty, and so on and so forth. It's not to sit and just enjoy the anointing and the presence of God. That is wonderful, but it can never end there. The anointing is always to, it goes out. This is where it starts, me receiving the anointing, enjoying the Holy Spirit. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit will always lead us and guide us into ministry. He'll guide us into some type of service that He wants to empower us um, to do. Number nine, we are sealed by the Spirit. Just like Jesus was sealed by the Spirit, we are also sealed by the Holy Spirit. Now it is God himself who has anointed us and he is constantly strengthening both you and us in union with Christ. He knows we are his since he has also stamped his seal of love over our hearts and has given us the Holy Spirit like an engagement ring is given to a bride, a down payment of the blessings to come. That's the Passion Translation. Ephesians 4.30, it says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And so we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Another really important function that we need to mention, that I want to mention in this message, is that the Holy Spirit imparts spiritual gifts to us as He wills. So it's as He wills, He imparts them to us. He distributes them as He wills, um, but He does distribute them. And these are the gifts, that, the gifts that I'm referring to are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And they're mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 11. It says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another a word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another workings of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But one in the Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. And so when we are are, um, born again and we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit 
gives us these gifts to operate in, not to puff ourselves up with pride that we can feel like we're extremely spiritual and great men and women of God and to get arrogant. No, the gifts are not ours. We steward them. They're from the Lord. But he gives them to us to edify the body of Christ. He gives them to us to fulfill his purposes. So the focus is never on the gift bearer, the steward that's that's um, using the gift in this uh, while we're on the, the earth. The focus is always on what God, the purpose of God with that gift, what God is doing, that God loves his people so much that he would give you a gift for them. You see, he makes us and gives us, he makes us gifts and gives us gifts because he wants to bless other people. So the focus is the people who are going to receive the benefit of the gift. But the Holy Spirit does that. And I want to encourage you to really dig deep and say, Lord, which one of these are you, you know, wanting to distribute to me? You're baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're filled with the Spirit. Which one of these does, you know, or two or three, often they're multiple that the Holy Spirit distributes to each one of us. Um, just to say, Lord, I want to operate more in, in, in the, Holy, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want to challenge you to do that. Okay. Um, oh, I do have uh, this point in my notes. I thought I removed it. But one of the other roles of the Holy Spirit is to assist us in having Christ-like fruit in our lives. Galatians 5 verse 22 to 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And so the Holy Spirit works on us that we produce more and more of this fruit, especially when we walk in, in that self-control, when we are aware of it. So moms, dads, parents, as you're parenting your children, and children, you know, you, there's no baby Holy Spirit. This, this fruit needs to be evident in all of our lives if we believers, when we're filled with the Spirit, you know. This fruit needs to be evident um, to all around us, okay? Another important function that the Holy Spirit has in, in our lives that I want to encourage you to incorporate in your prayer life. I often pray this in our Zoom prayer meetings um, from Ephesians 3 verse 14 to 17 is that he strengthens us in our inner person. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted in that you would be rooted and grounded in love. So the Holy Spirit strengthens us in our inner person. I want to encourage you to pray scriptures like this over yourself, these apostolic prayers, and especially this one, that, that the Holy Spirit would strengthen, strengthen us in our inner man. Powerful prayers to pray. Amen. And um, another point, that another point, I just have a few more points and then I'm going to close. Um, the Holy Spirit is... He's there. He, he comforts us and encourages us. And it's so much a part of his nature. And that's why I want to mention it again today. Um, I mentioned last week that he's a comforter, that God is a comforter. But the Holy Spirit loves to comfort his people. He loves to edify. He loves to encourage in his speaking truth, in his speaking to our hearts. He loves to encourage us and comfort us because it's part of his who he is. And so we need that we need that from the Holy Spirit in our lives. John 15, 26 in the Amplified, it says, But when the comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener, standby comes 
whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify regarding me. When the Comforter comes, when the Strengthener comes, when the Helper comes, when the Standby comes, the Holy Spirit loves to do this in our lives when we invite him to do it. Okay, so Acts 9 verse 31 says, Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified and were walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. They were multiplied. So these churches were edified. Who were they edified by? They were edified by the Holy Spirit. They were walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit and they were multiplied. So that is a fruit of the Holy Spirit when he's when he's comforting us and edifying us and people experience that then the churches churches multiply. People love being comforted and edif- and, and edified, okay? Um a point that I had to include um, concerning the Holy Spirit is that he assists us in prayer. Romans 8 verse 26 says likewise the spirit also helps in our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered so the holy spirit is so important in our prayer lives sometimes we don't know how we ought to pray but he gives us heavenly languages when we baptize in the holy spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues but he can also give us deep groanings he can give us things to pray he can reveal things to us concerning what we need to pray into when we rely on him and um, I just want to encourage you to rely more and more on the Holy Spirit in your prayer life yes rely on the word and pray from the word but um, rely on the Holy Spirit without the Holy Spirit I think prayer can become very dry and difficult but with the Holy Spirit it's like an oil he's like the oil on a cog it just turns he like he gives you the unction to function I want to encourage you to pray more and more and more maybe you already pray by the Holy Spirit to pray more and more by the Holy Spirit and what I love and what I've said um, so often about this particular scripture is Romans 8 verse 28 is a scripture, a verse that Christians love to quote. And they say that, you know, God works out all things for the good of those who love him. And yes, he does do that. But the context within verse 28 is found is actually the context of us in prayer. So when we've prayed it so, when the Holy Spirit himself has been able to make intercession for us in accordance with the will of God, then he can work things out for our good. But it doesn't just happen without prayer. The context of him working everything out is prayer. So we don't, we're not just passive and say, oh, well, the Lord will just work it out. No, we need to come ask the Holy Spirit to come alongside us and have Him pray through us, have Him pray through us for situations around us that God can work them out for the good of those who love Him. Amen. Okay, my final point today concerning the work of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is responsible for transforming us as believers into the image of Christ. And we see this in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. It says, But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of 
of the Lord. So it's the Spirit of the Lord that transforms us as believers into the image of Christ. And it's God's desire that we become more and more like Christ. We become mature. So He's going to be doing that in our lives, whether we are aware of it or not. It's the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. And so what we've looked at today, we've been looking at the Holy Spirit in this series. And today we've looked at what the Holy Spirit does. And we've seen that in terms of the life of Jesus, that Jesus was born of the Spirit, that He was baptized with the Spirit, that Jesus was filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit. He was empowered by the Spirit. He was anointed by the Spirit. He ministered and fulfilled His calling by the Spirit. He was sealed by the Spirit and He was raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit has crucial roles in our lives as believers and it's important that we are aware of this. Um, so today we looked at some of these roles that he has um, in the lives of, of, in our lives and the lives of believers. So we looked at um, how because of the Holy Spirit, we are born of the Spirit. We are sanctified, set apart and made holy by the Holy Spirit. We are called into service by the Spirit. We are anointed by the Spirit. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. We've seen that the Holy Spirit distributes spiritual gifts to us as He wills, and He helps us produce Christ-like fruit in our lives. He strengthens us in our inner person. He comforts us, encourages us, edifies us, and He also has a vital role in assisting us in prayer and in transforming us into the image of Christ. And so, thank you for being a part of this message today. I um, pray that you are enriched by all of the scripture and, and um, by this, this uh, teaching and encouraged to rely more on the Holy Spirit. Uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for all of these roles that he has in our lives and more, Lord. We know he has so many more roles in our lives, but also in the church and, 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 and beyond, Father. We really thank you for, for the Holy Spirit. We pray that you would fill us up to overflowing Holy Spirit, that you would help us to be those who are led by you, who are taught by you, who are guided into truth by you, who rely on your anointing and your divine enablement in order to function in the ministry that you've called each one of us into, whether it's our work, whether it's church work that we do, whether it's a ministry out there to people, whatever form of ministry it is, Lord God, whether it's writing, whether it's producing, artistic, whatever it is, we thank you and we ask that you anoint us and help us to rely on this anointing more and more. Help us to be aware of your presence, Holy Spirit, your work in our lives. Help us to walk in the fruit of the Spirit, we pray. Help us to be transformed more and more into the image of Christ, we pray. We ask for a renewal, even today, by you. Would you renew us? Would you refresh us? Would you fill us afresh? We pray, Holy Spirit, and we thank you for your presence in our lives, in our families, and in our churches. We ask for more of you. We honor you, Holy Spirit, and we thank you, Father, for sending the Holy Spirit to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.